You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to the Ninja Sergeant live on the Podcast Detroit Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 82 of the Ninja Starship Podcast. We weren't sure. I was like, is this 82 or 83? I had like, a deer the headlight look. I know I you did. You're all, I don't, I don't know. I don't keep track of that shit. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We are broadcasting live from Podcast Detroit Studios in beautiful Royal Oak, Michigan. Announcements for this week. We have a brand new time for our dis- uh, Power Ranger movie discussion panel in Lexington. We will be doing it at 6 p.m. March 11th in Lexington. The Power Rangers movie discussion panel has been moved to 6 p.m. That's not that bad if you think about it. It's one hour later, you can see us, and then you'll have plenty of time to get in line to go see Kevin Smith and Jay Muse for the Jay and Silent Bob Get Old podcast. Although ours will be better, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, in other announcements, the Great Philadelphia Comic Con is coming up April 7th through 9th at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. The Ninja Starship team will be there in full force as yeah. usual with the Points of Interest Podcast Network. We will be handling all of the celebrity panels that will be happening that weekend, plus MC duties, and you'll just see us running around there like crazy people the whole weekend. It'll be absolutely awesome. Uh, we are currently trying to get pre- uh, press pass for Niagara Falls Comic Con June 2nd through the 4th at the Scotia. Bank Convention Center. We covered it last year and all of you guys liked it. If you want us to come back to Niagara Falls to do more coverage, please go to their Facebook page, Niagara Falls Comic Con or their actual website and let them know that you want us to, to be there and you want us to cover. It worked for Lexington, it'll work for Niagara Falls because our fans are the best that are out there. Um, also, Mo- uh, Monroe Comic Con, September 16th at the Monroe Bank and Trust Center. Ninja Starship crew again will be there in full force handling all of the celebrity panels and coming up in February on February 25th the Great Lakes Comic Con this is a two day con, it's a Friday and Saturday con, we will be there on Saturday all day, Jake the Snake Roberts will be in attendance, this is not something you're not you're, you're going to want to miss if you are an old school wrestling fan, that's for sure <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, our huge news of the week we are proud to announce our brand new sponsor Minshew Entertainment Do you need to book celebrity talent for your next convention or event? Minshew Entertainment is one of the best talent agencies in the world. Their team are nothing short of professionals of the highest degree. With a huge celebrity roster to choose from, MinshewEntertainment.com for more info. Or go to Ninja Star Pod, click the link for Minshew Entertainment, and you can check out the impressive talent roster there as well. That's it for announcements, ladies and gentlemen. Jess, let's start the show. Like Jimmy McKnight. Like Jimmy McKnight. Yeah. Wow, you should steal that. That should be a Steve song. It should be. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Man. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Man. You are listening... And you're listening to... The Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. My favorite podcast. It has begun! Awesome! You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. 
and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. Hey man, I was on a UFO! I really was, man! Hey, your cousin and I? Man, he had a bag full of dope, man. We met all these chicks, went to a massage bar, and we went on a spaceship. We're in a weed field, man. We got sucked up by the spaceship, man. It's so full of blood and tits, like... What more could you want from a low-budget horror movie? It rules. Well, it eliminates all the other things you don't want to the story. <laughs> so... I hate to break it to you losers, but Han Solo's a bitch. That are alive, you are coming with me. Yeah, I mean, they call me the genetic jackpot for a reason. Right. Not just because of the athleticism, the big muscles, the cool hair, the good looks. <laughs> I'm also a really, really smart guy. <laughs> so, you know, always have a plan. The total package right here. <laughs> it's your boy, Kel Mitchell, and you're listening to... To the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Come on, get on the Starship. It's going down. Yo, McKnight, let's get it. Yeah. You no, seriously, I, I do not have a 10-inch penis. No, I do not. Seriously. You were discussing Hulk Hogan's penis. All right. I am the cream. Yeah. The cream of the crop. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in this episode, did someone discover a 2,000-year-old sex toy in China? Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn are making a cop movie together, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Donald Trump face off in an ultimate celebrity death match in this week's episode of The Fucking News. And that was The Fucking News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week in the fucking news, rare pictures have been released showing an ancient sex toy that once belonged to Chinese royals and aristocrats. Aristocrats. I almost said aristocrats. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So wait a minute. Now, they're only showing one of these. Yes. Was this shared? Amongst Chinese royals and aristocrats? Uh, like, this was in one. the king's asshole. <laughs> Hell yeah! It just adds that little extra, like, umph to this? I don't know. Uh, two, oh, I'm sorry. The two pleasure devices, both made of bronze, ouch, yeah. date back to more than 2,000 years to China's Han Dynasty between 206 BC and 220 AD. It was discovered in the modern day Jingsao province near Shanghai inside the ancient tombs belonging to the rich and powerful. This is coming to us via dailymail.com. Uh, guys, have you, did you get a chance to see this thing? Yeah. Did it you, looks, do, you, do you see this thing? This looks barbaric. I mean, it looks like, first off, it looks like a very small guy. So I'm very, I, I apologize. May, I, I'm sorry, Chinese people. Wraps around Maybe this was anatomically correct I, yeah. at the time in China. But, I, you know, and then the ring around it so you can mm. grab it and actually fuck yourself with it. Yeah. I mean, they thought of everything with this thing. It's kind of a, you know, I mean, it, 
<laughs> don't take a Ryan socket just to figure out how to get yourself off. But somebody had to make the fucking the like, dude. I I work in metal. Somebody had to make the mold for this, yeah. then pour the hot bronze in there, and probably mess up a couple times before they were like, that looks like my dick, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, yes, you were a blacksmith. Just trying to make a living for his family. <laughs> in China. And, and, and the guy, a guy comes to you and says, you must make this butt plug for the king. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. You you will now be able to feed your family for months. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, how you even go about, like, selling something like that to somebody? I, I honestly feel like you don't I, I feel like the person was, like was forced to make it and then they got their head chopped off like because you can't tell you like the guy can't be going around telling people hey he's at the, the he's at the bar guess what i made for the king last night <laughs> i made the king's dildo yeah i bet i bet it's written down in like some ancient chinese scripts because like or some scrolls like in like remember uh in uh well i oh, don't know that was japanese my bad <laughs> i was gonna say like that that uh beverly hills ninja movie where it was written about the great oh, white ninja yeah. <laughs> But, like, maybe maybe this was something that, you know, they figured out they needed. And then, who knows? This could have been the start of the sex toy industry, yeah. as we know. How many other awesome things come from China? That's not to say that they didn't invent this, too. All right, that's enough Chinese music. New, new Mad Demon. <laughs> the newest Mad Demon movie comes from China. The Great Wall. Yeah. yeah. Amazing that it's the Great Wall movie right when Trump's doing his whole wall thing. I mean, that, that, that's, that's... Timing is everything. Timing is everything, Matt Damon. Great job. <laughs> Trump's not telling us that there's actually dragons in Mexico. That's the problem. That's what it is. Yes, we have to, we have to stop the dragons. Uh, in other news, two men arrested after sex act on store display. This comes from Freep.com. Uh, two guys in Joyzy, Clifton, New Jersey. Two men were arrested and charged with engaging in lewd behavior, quote-unquote, on a display bed at Bed Bath & Beyond during regular business hours. Two police officers responded to the store in Clifton on January 30th at 5 p.m. after a report of a witness to, uh, after a report from a witness that two men were engaging in a sex act record show. So these guys literally went into a Bed Bath & Beyond and decided to just get down <laughs> in front of everybody. Now, I would assume that these dudes are into voyeurism. That's the only thing I can think clearly. of. Like, they are clearly into people watching them get it on. And maybe they had something at like one of them like late night, you know, New York clubs where they, they fuck on stage. You've seen them. Yeah. You know I'm talking yeah about. But so like what if it was something like that and all of a sudden their attendance was going down? They weren't getting so many YouTube views. <laughs> they weren't getting hits on Pornhub. And they were like, you know what? We need, we need, we need to get some. We need to get some, uh, some more hits. We're going to go fuck at Bed Bath & Beyond in front of people. I just assume. Maybe it was said. I'm not. I'm not judging. Or, or but maybe, I'm just saying. Maybe that wasn't the platform. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when your relationship gets to a point where you have to spice it up by having sex in public, you might want to rethink that relationship. Yeah, you need to. You need, yeah, exactly. You need to. Uh, <laughs> you need to rethink who your partner is. Um, that's funny though. Really. Uh, speaking of homoerotic news, uh, Southern Gothic playwright. Uh -oh. Snagglepuss will be rewritten as a gay Southern Gothic playwright. Uh, this is Hanna-Barbera's Snagglepuss. 
This is something, and, and DC is relaunching this, okay? Uh, DC's relaunching the cartoon cat Snagglepuss as a gay southern gothic playwright following the Hanna-Barbera reboots that gave post-apocalyptic, uh, post-apocalyptic wacky races and the Flintstones as like a dark political satire. Uh, this is coming and, from the Daily Dot. They're also the ones that who did the hipster version of Scooby Doo. That's what that is. Okay, okay. Um, now, honestly, this doesn't. This, this, I'm actually kind of excited for because I think it fits the character. Yeah, it's something that exactly I could see yeah. fitting this character. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, he I already was. was I always much. felt like he was one of those characters everyone thought he was closeted anyway. Exactly. So yeah. might as exactly. well just take him out of the closet, problem solved. Dude, go for it. <laughs> Plus, he's got an amazing bow tie. You can't hate on that bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other news, liberals are literally freaking out over Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson's new movie. This comes from youngcons.com. But roundabout, uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn are making a movie about police brutality. Mm-hmm. These two guys. Um, this is a very controversial subject. Yeah. Extremely controversial. Everybody's seen all the videos about police brutality, all the horrible shit that happens behind the scene. I'm just saying it's not like it ain't happened for a long time. But now that we have videos and shit, it is being exposed. Um, these guys are, are taking this head on, but they're already getting flack because they're of the conservative mindset. And right now it seems like just like hating Nickelback was cool, but yet they sold out arena after arena, hating fucking Trump and conservative people is like the cool thing at this point. Like people have gone past the actual point of reasoning and gone into just joining the crowd. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I see happening with, with, a backlash coming to two fucking people that play in the world of make believe. Right. <laughs> Honestly, you play in the world of fucking make believe. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. I, I I'm I'm behind this movie. A because I like Mel Gibson, even if he is a crazy fuck. Um, I'm not so big on Vince Vaughn. His last movie what was the last movie we saw Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge. Yeah, where he was like a squeaky voice drill sergeant. Yeah, not well, not the best. Well, and he doesn't know how to hold a gun <laughs> in a war movie. Well, well, no, Mel Gibson directed that movie, so it makes sense. It makes this, sense. They're, they're, this exactly. is their next project. His direction wasn't bad. Yeah, his direction wasn't bad. Like the way the movie played out, and it had uh, Andrew Garfield in it. Like it was who's, a decent who's up movie. for a best actor. See, yeah. it was not a bad movie at all. It was just Vince Vaughn's. He really almost had it, dude. He almost had it, but Nikki's not impressed. But like it, the one part that really gave it away, like I, I almost was sort of getting into him being like uh, a drill sergeant till like his voice squeaked and like they didn't redo that take. I'm like, oh, all the authority's gone. Harley <laughs> Ermy didn't voice squeak, and then there's a part where he's actually being like. Uh, drug through the battlefield by Andrew Gray because like that or not Andrew Gray sorry that's Power Ranger Andrew Garfield yeah. uh, Andrew Garfield because he's um you know he he won't shoot a gun in yeah. that movie it was actually a pretty pretty good movie man um now that I'm thinking about it but like his just his soldier performance wasn't there you know it was like the whole way he was holding the gun and all that stuff it was not believable it just, it wasn't there that's not really his wheelhouse his right wheelhouse he's more like the funny guy. Yeah. the last yeah. Yeah. movie yeah. i saw was delivery man where he plays the father a sperm donor who's whose <laughs> sperm is giving birth to <laughs> oh, yeah. kids that's like hilarious. you know what i mean like <laughs> that's hilarious i mean i don't and, and you know i i'm not against an actor that wants to broaden, you know broaden their horizons yeah. not be tight cast and i'm not saying that he didn't have good moments in there he really did mm-hmm. but it just it it for me it didn't. It didn't grab me. As he far doesn't as his have the acting chops. Like Robin Williams was a stand-up comedian, but he could, he could play anything. Yeah, he, he could was do anything. Fabulous. I, yeah, I, very few no, comedians can convert from 
True. Comedy to literally but anything the, I, else. But I, I still say, though, man, I'm, I won't talk bad about him. That dude, he is talented. Oh, he's yeah, very, he's awesome. He's very talented. Awesome. But I think that this was a that that Hacksaw Ridge role was, A, a brave step to take. Uh, B, it was experimental. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've, I've never seen him do that before. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, if he comes back as another one and learn from his mistakes— Sure, I'll watch it. Why right. not? Whatever. Right. It don't matter. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> don't sound so excited. Did we, did we do shots? Well, I'm not like the biggest No, let's do a shot. All right, let's do a shot before we get into this next one because yeah. we're getting into some CW news after these shots. Cheers. Here we go. Cheers, I'll everybody. Cheers, you all. Cheers. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, Entertainment Weekly reports that Supergirl has added another familiar face, Kevin Sorbo. Ooh, I'm excited. I am excited about this. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know who Kevin Sorbo is, he played Hercules on the TV show Hercules. <laughs> the Legendary Adventures. The Legendary Adventures, uh, where Lucy Lawless kind of got her start and then yep. became Xena. Um I'm pretty excited for this. A, I like Kevin Sorbo. I always have. Um, that resurgence of uh, his kind of of his popularity with that whole disappointed yeah. theme, like amazing. Uh, he's landed a reoccurring role as a villain on this, a Uh-oh. mysterious new villain. No further details have been reported as far as we know. We just know he's on the show and he's reoccurring. Norm, you're kind of our expert Superman guy. <laughs> who, who do you think he's going to be? Probably Max Lord. No, there's already a Max Lord. Is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's like the main. He was the main dude in the in the first season. season. Where the hell did he go? He just he hasn't been in this one yet. Maxwell Lord has been gone. But that's a good guess. Yeah. 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 Unless they replaced him. I mean, he's a villain. With him being a villain, I can't see him playing Lex. So I don't think that's coming. No, No. I don't. I don't know, dude. It's Kevin Sorbo. I have more faith in him than Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor. Just I mean, saying. I personally would like to see Michael Rosenberg come back. But oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Best Lex Was it Rosenberg Luthor's- or Rosenbaum? Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum, yeah. yeah, okay. Best Lex Luthor, in my opinion. Still, uh, dude, dude, I mean, hands uh, down, dude, best Lex Luthor. Uh, so good. Uh, all right. There's our one la- more character. Yes, that's what we're getting to right now. Are you to right to, to, coming to the C-Dub? C- oh, no. Oh, oh what do I? What do you know? Something I know. Terry Hatcher is coming to Supergirl. How do I not know this? It, it hit the news right before Kevin Kevin, Kevin right, Sorbo. Right before he hit the news, and I think once it, they said he was going to be on, it kind of overshadowed. Well, yeah, yeah, it was like Hercules is on. Sweet, overshadowed her. The mic. She was <laughs> Lois. I mean, yeah, no kidding. She's coming, huh? She's returning to the DC universe. Oh she man, will step into a mysterious role. That will become a new major villain of the season. On so the she's summer. coming back as a villain yeah, too. Well, they're they're coming it. back as a couple villain. Ooh. Like like a duo. Who is that yeah. opening? Up you to? never know. Hey. You never know. I'm all about it. All right. Uh, and just when you thought the CW couldn't so do more, couldn't own your life even more, couldn't own your life <laughs> even more. Like literally, they own my life. From seven, or I'm sorry, from eight to nine o'clock, <laughs> Monday through Wednesday, and yeah. then from nine to ten o'clock on Thursday. Uh, I, 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 dude, I said I wasn't going to give Riverdale another chance. 
I watched it again. Was it good? I'm so hooked. I didn't fall Episode two got you. Episode two got me. They were just like, "Hey, Jimmy, come here. That, come here. That's, come here. It was, dude. It really was. It, he it was pulled crying me in. last night. I had a moment. I had a moment. All right, listen. Check it out. The first one. When Jughead and Archie make up at the bleachers Aww. and they rekindle yeah. their best friendship that they, that was a beautiful fucking moment and I'm sorry if I felt a little emotional watching two lifelong <laughs> friends rekindle their relationship I will not apologize for that I am a huge pussy when I watch TV it's just bottom line <laughs> that's okay I watched the uh, space between those over the weekend yeah and I was like trying not to tear up at the end <laughs> that's but great. he's on bars alright alright all right. back to the story back to the story uh, the CW is Expanding, yes. One more superhero show is cut, has been yes. ordered. A pilot has been ordered by the CW for Black or Black Lightning, <laughs> the TV series. Uh, this was one of DC's very first black superheroes, so this is kind of cool that they're reaching way back to kind of pull this up. Now, I don't know when Black Lightning came into effect. Um, I honestly uh, call me a bad comic book fan, but I didn't hear about this guy. Until you sent me the link saying that the CW was going to have this show. Well, I mean, the, the DC saying, and the Marvel Universe have so many. they're so expansive. Oh, and you, there's, there's a million. And, of them, they, yeah. and it's one of those things too where it's like someone's writing a book, they want to make their own character, they create this character, and then that person moves on from the business. That character goes away. You yeah. know, like there's so many different characters. Right. I so. believe he showed up in DC Super Friends at one point. You know, the anime. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, old yeah, stuff, yeah. He showed up there, but they were all about diversity. They wanted. Oh, as yeah. As diverse as humanly possible for them. Yeah. But yeah, um, you don't hear about it much. No, this was this apparently was going to go to Fox yeah, first, but Fox said it. no. They dropped it. Stupid Fox. Uh, stupid Fox because the CW came in. Oh, they you know ordered what, it. Though, the Fox would have messed it up. They would have. They would have got for Don't the shit. say that. Legion is starting up in a couple weeks. But that's on FX. That's on FX. That doesn't count. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's still Fox. It's not Fox. You know, like... Comparing Gotham to the CW DC shows, yeah. you know, apples and oranges type thing. Gotham sucks, dude. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, exactly. if I was CW, I'd be like, I'm starting to get sick of it. Let, yeah. let us get I Gotham am. up out to you so we can fix it. That's what I mean. And I'm all for cheese, but it's so but bad. We get to meet Penguin. We get to meet Penguin at the. I met him already at Philly last year. Robin Lord Taylor. He's a great dude. Is he? Oh, he's super humble, super great. He, however, he is a fabulous Fabulous actor. Oh, he's Methodist. He can pulls be. Yeah, he's off a great that role yeah. he's like fa- fabulous. Hands down. I won't. I will. Uh, look, look. There's the still good in that in. show. I just don't oh, like it as yeah. a whole well, because everybody guys, else ruins. There's it. too much cheese factor, right? And they bring in <laughs> outside people and they're shitty actors, and you're just like, meh. Yeah. Like I said, if I was CW, Joker in that show was let me get that about too. you so we can fix it. <laughs> he's a disgrace to the fucking role of Joker. You don't like him. I hate him. I hate him. I'm behind Gotham, but he he's also. Shameless. Oh, he bit a shameless. lot. He's great. Shameless. Who was he in Shameless? Uh, Ian. No shit. Yeah, yeah, Ian is Joker on uh, Gotham. Yeah, yeah. He, no, retire I, it. You know what? I haven't got the fuck away from my beloved of Joker. Heath, Heath like you are when ruining they pushed it. him more towards Joker. He bit a lot. You can hear it in everything that he says. He bit a lot out of Heath. Dude, Legend. what I don't. But what, I, he was good before then. I don't like. What I just and I don't watch the show, but I literally just saw a picture. Now, maybe if you guys watch the show, you can help me um, mm-hmm. understand this. Why the fuck they pulled <laughs> from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's fucking uh, Death in the Family and 
put that face on him where he's got the face ripped off and put that back on. They fucking stole that from the comic and put that in the show at a different time period. Spoilers. He was dead. They brought him back to life. Okay. But he didn't come back to life when they needed him to. Okay. So the person who tried to bring him back took his face off to go to the crowd of followers uh-huh. to say he's here he's here this is him. and he put his face on okay because the cops were coming when they were still trying to revive well, him so they took his face uh, and I keep right. reading too that the show is starting to realize that they've kind of dumb fucked up and yeah, not had yeah, Batman in the up. show and so they really wanted they're, Joker they're, they're quickly they kind of shit up a lot I hear they're quickly kind of jumping to bring Batman in like I it, don't it, even know. I'm amazed they have not. I, don't, I I thought for sure. That don't bring Batman yeah, into you, that. You fucked up. No. You already CW, fucked up the show. Step your game up real quick. Take it back with a right, it right. Take take Gotham and make yeah. it actually yeah. about Batman. Oh, dude. Seriously, if they brought Batman into Call the Call it Gotham, CW the Dark universe, Years, or do it's over. <laughs> oh, it is God, over. Man. You they imagine him and Arrow together? Stop it! <laughs> <You'd be> like, <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that because I want the moment where he looks at Oliver Queen and goes. This is how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you stole my feud with. Um, <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. He'd be like, wait a minute. So you killed my father in law? Is that yeah. how this works? Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, our much anticip- an- anticipated, <laughs> anticipated celebrity death match with the Donald versus the Arnold in our celebrity apprentice death match when we come back on the Ninja Starship. Do it. You're fired. 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 Hey, Donald, I have a great idea. Why don't we switch jobs? You take over TV because you're such an expert in ratings, and I take over your job, and then people can finally sleep comfortably again. All right, so this has made national headlines. Uh, Donald Trump, <laughs> Mr. President, great pumpkinator, uh, decided that he was going to open up. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say it without laughing. Yeah, because <laughs> so it's ludicrous. like, I mean, it's so ludicrous to, to, to and, and, you know, all, all, all side choosing aside on this. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily open up something that's this dignified and elegant of a of a of a of an event by taking shots at the guy that took over your job on TV. Yeah. I mean, th- to me, that was nothing but a, pub- a, a of a of a publicity move. Yeah. And let's it was genius because shit. it fucking worked, let's man. Start some shit. We're talking about he it. He probably called him and said, you know what? Let's start some shit to help get your ratings up. Man. You know what let's I'm do saying? They're going down. Let yes. me help you out. Yeah. So I'm going to play a <laughs> clip from you that kind of started between this is the beef that is going on right now between President Donald Trump. That's so crazy to say. Former governor. Former governor. Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, about this, TV show. About about the Celebrity Apprentice. So this uh, is this is this is what was said by the Donald, and it's going to immediately segue into uh, what Arnold's response was. All right, here we, we go. Had tremendous success on The Apprentice, and when I ran for president, I had to leave the show. That's when I knew for sure I was doing it. He's and they hired orange. a big, big movie star, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to take my place. And we know how that turned out. The ratings went right down the tubes. It's been a total disaster, and Mark will never, 
ever bet against Trump again. And wow. I want to just pray for Arnold, if we can, for those ratings. Okay. Hey, Donald, I have a great idea. Why don't we switch jobs? You take over TV because you're such an expert in ratings, and I take over your job. And then people can finally sleep comfortably again. <laughs> now. I love it. I love it. I'm going to say Trump shots fired. Arnold responded in probably the classiest way that you could. He didn't talk shit to him. He just laid it out. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. way that he taught. Well, he did. He did talk shit. But it was the way that he did he it. Did it. Yep. Dude, that was like. I'm still, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have class in this. I'm not going to sink down to your level type response. You know what I mean? Not, not right, like, not that low, oh, yeah, well, but I'm your, 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 your rating, he could have been like, yeah, well, your ratings don't compare to the hundreds of millions of dollars I made doing Predator, Terminator, Total Recall, The Running Man. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, the guy, you know, the Donald likes to start some shit, but when you're talking about media presence, I'm sorry, but in the movie industry or yeah. television and film, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger owns as far as that goes, comparing to the two of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, now, the Donald, all he has as far as movies, what, Home Alone 2? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cameo, cameo, and that one, that there one was Alf, another movie. That, that he, one Playboy uh, where he showed up yep. in the beginning of it for the, for the limo scene. Well, and, and WrestleMania, I mean. And WrestleMania, you know, right, WrestleMania, right, right. He's okay. a WWE Hall of Famer. He is. Right. And <laughs> all see? these roles, though, he plays himself, so. Now, the dude does have. No acting required. Uh, as far as, like, popularity contests, I'm sorry, he's way bigger than Arnold right now. Like, much. He's the yeah. dude running the country. Yeah. And everybody hates <laughs> Anyway, because Arnold couldn't run. Because Arnold couldn't run. But oh, I would vote for Arnold. In I would vote for Arnold. I would vote for Arnold in a heartbeat. Yes. Now, what I understand is Arnold has already got something started to remove that. Uh, oh, you have to be an American really? citizen. Yeah. And, oh, yes, he's already started oh. that because he wants to be. Pre- I read his autobiography, the uh, my um, amazingly crazy, unbelievable life, or whatever the fuck it was. But he said. You know, I want to be president. He wants to run. So he's trying to get that to happen. And they're also trying to remove that uh, the age restriction mm-hmm. of be, you have to be like, I think it's like 49 to be a president or 44. Or yeah, something. That was like 35. Is it? Yeah. Well, I, really? I, I know because like I, I know there was a movement started to like remove that because you've got so many kids now that are like 20, 25 years old that are almost billionaires that have figured shit out that know how to do things and are extremely intelligent. Old people are never going to vote for you. You want to know why? This, this, this is why? This is, but no, honestly, I, I'm all for having a younger person I do in. It. You yeah, want to know why? They're not corrupted at that point. Exactly. They're not corrupted yeah. at that point. Give, let me tell you something. When you're 49, 50 and you get president or whatever and done. that's just how things yep. work at that point, yep. that's because you're fucking old then you've gotten into that position where that's in. how shit yeah. works. Yep. I think I think JFK was one of the youngest presidents, and he was in his late thirties. And look what happened to yeah, him. Yeah, he was, so. you know, shot. <laughs> well, so I mean, if him. you believe some of the theories, it's because he wasn't on board of the system. That's well, true. Yeah, <laughs> he was definitely what happened? a man of the people. He got assassinated. He, he shut. Well, this is conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory, <laughs> guys. This is not, from what I understand. We don't know for sure. Don't we come don't know after for us. sure. Don't come after us. And this is so far off topic from what we normally talk about. But from but what I understand is. He uh, signed something that would abolish the Federal Reserve. After he did that, he was fucking assassinated. Lyndon B. Johnson came in as president and 
Re-put in yep. the Federal yeah. Reserve. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying I'm not all over the Federal Reserve. But, you know, y'all do what y'all do. I ain't getting in there. I ain't trying to get shot by no CIA exactly. guy or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't care, motherfucker. I'll play ball. I'll say whatever. <laughs> um, so now people are coming out saying, like, you know, Donald Trump is just this reality star genius. He's this, he's this, which is why he's able to take himself from this place to this. Now, what I want to bring up is something that lands in our world of the fictional, the the the, the fun, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Trump versus oh. the Arnold. That's what like you in think. the ring? In the yeah. ring. Celebrity like, deathmatch style. On. Now let's play the style. I'm surprised that they haven't done that. I'm surprised they haven't. Now let's see. Bring back Ladies celebrity and gentlemen, welcome yeah. to our main <laughs> event. In this corner, weighing probably about almost 300 pounds and spends way too much time at the fake tanning salon, <laughs> the great pumpkin himself, Mr. President Donald Trump. <laughs> now, in this corner... Serial blockbuster master of the Terminator. Probably one. Prize yeah. award winning bodybuilder. Don't yes, seven time Mr. Olympia. <laughs> the guy who took a 10 year break and came back and won that shit again. No, five year break. Yeah. Came back and won that shit again. Mr. Olympia, Arnold Schwarzenegger, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I see this and I see that crooked nosed ref who's all claymation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's, he's doing the thing and they take off and they go after it and they start, they start fighting, right? And obviously Arnold is like so much stronger and so much in more shape. So he's just kicking the living shit out of Donald Trump at this point, right? All you see is, is, is the Donald's hair bouncing back and forth. He's getting such an ass kicking. All right. Now everybody thinks it's over. The Donald is down. The crowd is going crazy, right? And, and Arnold's putting his arms up like it's over. Then Donald Trump grabs a chair from oh, underneath the ring oh. and absolutely <laughs> begins to cave in Arnold Schwarzenegger's skull professional <laughs> wrestling style. And the Donald wins the championship. I'm just saying this is how I see things. Maybe I'm a little bit weird. Maybe you might have a different it's, opinion. No, I, I see that happening. And then somehow a sniper in the corner <laughs> and we spent the next 30 years discussing who no, shot him. Somehow, somehow, as he's beating him in, he ends up finding out that Arnold really is the Terminator and turns it out and ends up winning the match. Ends up winning the match. No disqualifications. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the championship, but the Donald put up one hell of a fight, ladies and gentlemen. If you see it on Celebrity Deathmatch, we did it first. Yes. <laughs> oh my god that would be um, epic now awesome. I will say though dudes like I watched some of the Celebrity Apprentice with uh, with with the Arnold um, Trump was better bro yeah. I, I'm sorry Trump was better Like, and it, it, the only reason it was is because A it was him you already hated to love him at the same exactly. time and he was who he was he was <laughs> that now it seems like you have like this just really dude and I love Arnold Schwarzenegger I am serious I have the I am the biggest Arnold fan. I've got posters of this guy half naked in my fucking bedroom. Okay? It's true. Tell him it's true. It's true. Okay? Now, like, I, I love this fucking dude. Seriously. Um, his, and of course, it had to be his line where he was like, you're terminated. You're terminated. All right? Yeah. Now, you might be terminated, but then he says, he goes, get through the chopper. 
Right after he says you're terminated. That's one too many catchphrases, yeah. bro. Yeah, you can only use Say one. Say you're terminated one. and yeah. over. Now I get it. Oh, the chopper, yeah. like the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, all no. you're doing is chopping your fucking ratings down yeah. by saying that shit. Agreed. 100%. It's horrible. Like, dude, I love the guy and it was all good till he said that shit. I'm like, mm. weren't we talking about Cheese Factor earlier? Like, cheese Factor, yeah. yes. On, so it has to be That's good. Overkill. That's overkill. Over Cheese Factor. Like he's got the cheese, and then he squirted a whole can yeah. of Easy Cheese on top of it. <laughs> After you know? he gives them their their assignments, does he tell them to do it now? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. We got a caller. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Bring. That's uh, like a Do it now. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Hello, caller. You're on the Ninja Starship. Hey, this is James L. Seagrave from Mega XP. Hey, hey, how's it going, man? How you doing? How you doing? Uh, Will, go ahead, introduce this guy and what he is and what he's doing. All right, this is James. He is running a horror convention coming up next weekend in Jackson, Michigan. It is the Mega, was it Bloody Bash, I believe you're calling it? Uh, it's Blood Bash, Blood yeah. Bash, Mega yeah. XP presents Blood Bash. It's a horror and gaming convention, yeah. yeah. And this is your, your second one. You guys also do Mega XP in Jackson, usually in the summer. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's our first year doing this. Um, we've done two two years of the actual Mega XP, which is an acronym for Michigan's Entertainment Gaming Geek and Arts Experience, by the way. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's our, <laughs> it's our first first crack. A lot of people had suggested doing a horror spinoff, and I'm like, well, we'll try it. It's Valentine's weekend, and there's a weird uh, – that's this weekend coming up, by the way. Yep. Um, less than seven Guys. days. <laughs> uh, and there's always there's always been, like, that weird kind of, like, horror-slash-love-romance-type connection, which makes things like Twilight and various other things, like True Blood, so popular, I think. I was like, meh, it's February in Michigan. Let's give it a shot. Nothing else going on. That's perfect, man, because, I mean, think about it. Every time you see someone getting ready to do the nasty in a horror movie, they die. Yeah. So this is perfect. Yeah. Well, there's always those rules, too, about horror movies and sex. And- yeah, as soon as you start to have sex, you're going to die. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. It's- Pretty much, yeah. Well, and I, I, I mean, I, I, when I first saw you doing this, I love the concept of doing this on kind of Valentine's Day weekend. Because it's one of those things where it's like, it's a fun thing to do if you're in a relationship, but it's also like, if you're single, it's a fun thing to go check out. You got nothing else right. to do that weekend. And if you just recently got broke up with, yeah. it's the really good place because you'd be like, man, I wish that bitch would just get killed like <laughs> <laughs> So when did, uh, when, when, when did, how long have you been doing this? This is your second year? This is, uh, this will be year three of year Mega three. XP, the original show. Okay. We started it in 2015. Okay. Um, and, you know, this is our first year uh, doing, you know, like I said, the horror show. So, I mean, we kind of, we kind of have, you know, somewhat of a gauge as to like what goes on at the, at the regular show, but this is kind of an experiment here. So, uh, and the agreement we have with the venue is that we were not allowed to do pre-sale tickets. So it's going to be a. Uh, it's going to be an experience, to say the least. So this is uh, this is like great. start and everything go. Looks great. This is like a start and go as far as like the tickets go. Absolutely, that's yep. awesome. Yep. We dude. had uh, we had a limited availability for what's called half off for the holidays. Uh-huh. Something we do every year around Christmas time to sell tickets to our regular show. Mm-hmm. And there was a limited pass that was basically if you bought the tickets to Mega XP, you could get half off of these Blood Bash tickets, which are only ten bucks normally, by the way. So it's like the craziest value ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did sell some of those to pre-sales, but other than that. It's all old school, like going to the, you know, midnight movies or whatever. You have to wait in line, go in and see the movie. And trust me, there's going to be plenty of those cheesy films to see, too. I promise you. Well, and one of the things I like, I know you do with Mega XP, you always do a kind of a nice, like, crazy party the night before. Um, and so, you, yeah, you're doing, like, what, a burlesque show this, this week on Friday? Was that what I saw? Uh, 
Uh, actually, no. I mean, this year, I mean, with this, um, traditionally with Mega XP, there's a pre-party, there's the con, there's the after party. And uh, those are technically, actually, unless you get a VIP pass, three separate tickets. For this event, one ticket gets you access to literally everything. And it is, it is all being done on Saturday, too. Um, there is no pre-party. We pushed everything to just have one hell of a time for 10 bucks. Um, ticket gets you access to everything, you know, all included. That includes, I mean, we got video games. Like, we're basically kind of like a kind of like an exhibit in a stroll down memory lane because we are a gaming convention. You know, one of the G stands for gaming. Uh, so we have a lot of old school horror themed board games, things from like Nightmare, which is like this old VHS game that was creepy as hell back in the day, all the way up to modern things like, you know, Dead of Winter and stuff like that. And also with the uh, video games, too, all the way from like the Nintendo all the way up to the Xbox One. So it's kind of like a gaming exhibit in a way as like a side thing to obviously the main horror show. So basically one thing gets you access to everything and it's, it's going to be the best ten dollars you ever spend. I promise you. Yeah, and, and besides like all that, like you, you have a couple of guests coming though. Eat some celebrity guests for the show. Yeah, well, I mean, being that it's our first year, uh, we didn't want to go too far over because of the fact that we, like I said, we have our base. We, like I said, experiment. We have yeah. one main guest coming. We have a couple other minor ones, but the main guest is Alex Vincent, best known as playing Andy Barkley on Child's Play One and Two when he was a kid. And he's also from uh, Curse of Chucky. And believe it or not, they're actually filming Cult of Chucky as we speak, which is going to be out, like, I believe next year. Um, he's actually leaving the set from Cult of Chucky, a.k.a. Chucky 7, the seventh child's been movie, flying into Jackson for Blood Bash. And then when he's done, he's going right back to Winnipeg where they're filming. So that's pretty awesome, I think. That's great. And where can people find your uh, information on, on your site and everything like that? Um, I mean, you go to bloodbash.megaxp.com um, or just look up, you know, just search for Mega XP on Facebook. That's where most things are kept, honestly. Um, and it's got the links to the Blood Bash as well as our regular show, which we are, and, you know, we are close to signing some pretty amazing guests for our regular show, too, by the way. So, but those those announcements will all be delayed till after this show, obviously. That's awesome. That's coming up this Saturday, right? So basically, yep. got nothing going on on the february 11th so check them out you guys are gonna be at the commonwealth center in jackson michigan yep commonwealth commerce center right downtown jackson michigan it's uh i mean yeah it's it's the same place we do our regular shows so if you ever came out to that it's the same venue um so yeah i mean like if you've been there it's it's uh it's an interesting venue um for mega xp it's all over the place it literally takes up four floors this is only going to be on basically two two main areas uh, where there's a horror film festival in one room, and then there's this huge open room for all the horror vendors. There's psychics. There's a VR escape room that's going to be amazing, and apparently it's super creepy, um, as well as all the video games, board gaming, all that stuff. So it's it's much much more condensed, but you don't have to go up and down a bunch of steps like you do on the regular show either. So Mega XP four <laughs> stories of terror. As I was new, thanks for uh, calling in. Um, hopefully this kind goes great for you. And this is happening Saturday. Happening this Saturday, this Valentine's Saturday weekend, man. Absolutely. Awesome, dude. Yeah, this Saturday, we will be there. We will be there, and we will see you. All right, man. Looking forward to it, guys. Cool, man. Right. Thank you later. All, All right. Thanks, man. Uh, let's see what do we got. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to recap the CW week and Power Rangers Ninja Steel on the Ninja Starship. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. 
And the CW recap begins. Let's start with the newest member of the CW family. We rock so hard, you guys don't even know. You have no idea the stress level during that three-song break. It was a real, like, time crunch. Yeah, it was time crunch. All We, we had to immediately find all the stuff that we had pulled up, but then went away and then found it again. Uh, so uh, awesome. We're going to start with Riverdale. Um, as far as our, our CW recap of Riverdale goes, uh, I said last week, you know, I, I felt... After I watched that, I needed a shower. I felt really dirty. I felt there was so much drama that it's just too much drama for me. Um, This episode sunk its hooks into me and pulled me in, and I guess I'm a sucker for drama because I am 100% about Riverdale right now. Uh, Do we have spoilers coming up? I can give you some. Sure. You want some spoilers? No. No? I was just curious for the listeners. <laughs> she, she, she was supposed to know you guys spoiler You have to let the people know. Spoiler <laughs> alert. There will be a spoilers, 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 spoilers coming up for this review. In the face. In the face. Spoilers all over your face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys, we, we, we got some major drops in this episode. We found out that... Uh, that people that were supposed to be murdered weren't murdered at the time that they were murdered. We found other relationships are starting up that other relationships have ended. And dude, I'm digging this show. I am digging this show. Did Jughead fuck Miss Grundy? No, 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 no. But you know, see the thing about Jughead though, in the show, dude is Jughead is like, he's that background character, but he also seems like he's the anchor character. You know, he's that character that narrates the story. Okay, but he's also the character that seems to bring everybody back to that center. Like Jughead seems to me after this last episode, like he's really the glue between Archie, Betty, Veronica, Jughead. Like Jughead really seems to be the guy that is 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 holding all of these people together Mm -hmm. in some form of sanity, regardless of the just enormous amounts of drama that is coming into their lives literally by the minute. Wait a minute. That's what the show is based around? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's it's not what we we grew up on. Yeah, no, this is a new It's kind of what they did by Zombie, where where they bought the rights to characters' names and the the name. Did their own thing. But they did their own thing with it. Yeah. Oh, um, I like that. One of the things that I really want to shed some light on is this relationship (laughs) between Archie and his teacher. Um... There become this 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 she episode had. really starts shedding some light on Archie and how he's really starting to deal with she these inner had. demons of this. Yeah, yeah, she's fine, oh, she's so fine, hundred percent. Um, but you know, she is the teacher. She's older. He's the minor. He's the high schooler. They fucked. Now, <laughs> Archie is in this position where he knows something that could help out. This case that's happening, okay, for the murder of Jason, but he can't say it because him and the teacher were together at the time. She's worried about herself. And that whole scene where he goes, if this isn't real, I don't know what I'm protecting. I saw that part. She turns it up and goes, this is 100% real, Archie. And, like, you can hear under her tone, (laughs) I don't want to go to fucking jail. jail. (laughs) I don't want to go to jail, but... (sighs) It's what it was, dude. She don't want to go to jail. She's Now, at this point, she's manipulating Archie. Yeah, and and see, the first episode, that was the biggest thing to me was, like, 
I was like, why Why do you got to go there? Why do you have to go with the old time, the hot music teacher banging the student? Like, I just, I felt like they could do better. I'm all about it. I love it. But I would blackmail her hey. back. Like, hey, anytime fuck who one died. of my minor brothers <laughs> at a high school is victimized by a hot music teacher, I 100% feel for that high schooler. Yes. But I'm 100% fuck who died. Like, look, if you don't give it to me again, if you don't give me it up, give it up again. I'm gonna go tell. Honestly, <laughs> that's what it ha- that that's what it looks like. like I, that's what I would do. He's like, he's like, I'm not. He's like, we're not fucking. I don't. If this ain't real, I don't know what I'm protecting. He's like, because this is eating me alive. I am about to just spill the beans on this shit. And then she starts playing with him. But guess what? Jughead and Archie have their fucking moment. Okay, where they're right in front of his no. house. Where not that moment. <laughs> where they're in front of the house. <laughs> they're in front of the house, and they, they get confrontational. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, like this is these are these are guys that were just, I mean, next to damn near blood brothers growing up. They grew up together, and now this fucking fork in the road is fucking up their relationship. You know what I'm saying? And he actually threatens Jughead walking away from the door. And by the way, fucking Luke Perry. Can I just say, <laughs> Luke fucking Perry? This is awesome that this guy's in the show. I like. I remember watching 90210 when I was a kid. He's reprising his role. What role is he reprising? Yeah, he's not reprising any role. Like, I don't understand. Like, Last time I there... saw him in a movie was The Fifth Element in right. the beginning of it. Dude, I'm like, where did this come from? Right. Like, but he is so He's, he's good. good in this. He's, he's a good, good father figure. Oh he's God. a good he father good figure. Does a great job. Welcome back, Luke Welcome. Perry. He is a very, Dude, <laughs> I love seeing Luke Perry in this. Like, A, I'm happy that the dude is working again. Yes. B, I'm even happier that he's good in this. That's the best part because you know if it's somebody like Luke Perry who's got that 90s audience that's watching this show, if he screws up, like that screws him over big time. Yeah. People love this role that he's doing, honestly, and it, and it fits him perfectly. Um but you know, Jughead and and, and Archie have this have this have this confrontational moment and he like threatens him like if you tell anybody about this and Jughead's like, "What are you really going to do? Like what are you going to do to me?" Like He's kind of like, you're a pussy. You've never got into anything. What are you going to do to me out of all this? You know, um, it just it, it's the the relationship between Archie and Jughead, like kind of reaches this point of 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 just total turmoil between best friends. But then Archie has this, quote unquote, come to Jesus moment. OK, and <laughs> they end up meeting at the football game and he tells Jughead, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. You know, he's like, he's like, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to tell the principal about this. Me and Grundy are going to be, you know, at least I'm going to tell this about, mm-hmm. about Grundy and, and, and get this out there. Fuck that. And Jughead, <laughs> no, no, no. And then Jughead is, is so happy that what he thought was his friend that were what he thought made up his friend was gone is still there. Still there. It's still there. Archie's still a good person. He still wants to do the right thing. And this friendship could actually happen. Dude, it was probably the most beautiful moment of the entire show. I'm serious. Like that's the one that I, I pussied out and I started crying a little bit. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm like, they rekindled. Like it was just beautiful. You know, was Jughead the one that was sitting in the cafe at the end of the episode? Was he the narrator? He's the narrator. Okay. Yeah. He's the narrator. Yeah. He the one with the little yeah. partly okay. crowned yeah, hat. Yeah. On. Yeah. And like, and then what the other cool part that you see is in this episode as well, 
Um, I can't remember his name. He's uh, he's the Asian jock. Uh, Troy, maybe I don't know. Troy's just a douchebag name. I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> but, so we'll just we'll just call him Troy. Uh, but he um, he uh, you know he he gets into it with with art or he tries to go after Jughead, trying to be like, oh, you're the one that killed fucking this Jason guy and blah 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 blah. And Archie sticks sticks up for him and actually gets knocked the fuck out. Sticking up for him, Damn, you nice. know, gets a black guy in there. Like, dude, that Asian dude Damn. fucked Archie up. Okay, Damn, got him watch good. This one. Got him good. I'm gonna have to watch this uh, one, y'all. All in all, man, like, I, I, I am really into this show. Like, this is not a superhero. They brought show. you back because the first is, episode, you were like, I was yeah, like, you, so much trauma, yeah, dude. This last yeah. week's episode, it you was were like, I'm done. No, I, I, I thought, you, you, dude, I swear to God, I was like, this is bullshit. It's too much drama. It's too much everything. <laughs> and then go figure. I watch it again. I'm like, I love. How much drama's in this? <laughs> I want to check it out, but I'm old school. Like I'm the one that when we were in line with moms in the grocery store, like mom, can I get this Archie comic? And she was like, "No, are you crazy?" And it was the Archie. Di- Archie's digest. a bitch. Like that. Like the old school, like colorful comic that you know you picked up at the grocery store and. Now, like Archie is this like hot badass. Well, kind of badass. Yeah. You know? Betty He's and Veronica, a like, lot of, they almost borderline trying to get it in with each other. He didn't other bang Veronica like, yet. He didn't bang Veronica. Are they going to bang just, each other? He just, he just kissed her in the closet. Betty and Veronica, are they going to get down? You know? I hope it's, so. It, exactly. They've had a make-out session already. Hey, you know? I hope so. Listen, whoever they got to play Betty is hands down gorgeous. She is, a she baby. is gorgeous. She's a pretty baby. She got a little bit of broad shoulders, as, as Nikki brought up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she's, Veronica's kind of sexy. I like Veronica's got a sex. She's got move. that. And when he called her raven haired, and oh, he's like, and a raven haired girl, she I was like, knows how to fuck you. I'm like raven hair. I'm, I'm gonna steal that line. I, I'm, I'm gonna use you know that. What I'm, I'm like with my raven haired exactly. girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, yes, Thank I'm you, Jughead. So. They, what? what? The, you got the, a fucking the, the show? <laughs> the, yeah. The, so the showrunner for our, for this show, Riverdale, has come out and said that it's not against the realm of possibility for them to be introducing Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What? Come on. Yeah. So he said, Josie the Pussycats. Yeah, you already got Josie and the Pussycats. So it said, we could see her in season one, as they say, never say never, but certainly within the realm of possibility. The one thing that is tricky (sighs) is there will always be a genre mystery element to this show, but it's hard to introduce a supernatural element. Is it good? I think there's a way to introduce Sabrina in which that she's not supernatural, but she is a witch. Is okay, it going to be Melissa Joan Hart? She'll probably be a teacher. And I want her to show up all na 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 na. She'll probably be a teacher, but yeah. Come on, me Ferguson. Come on, me Ferguson. That's awesome. I can see them doing that. I mean, you got to add something else. It's a really dark show. It's, it's not what we were used to as far as the comics went. You know, this is really dark. It is. And, I mean, I'll take it, but I don't know how they're going to do Sabrina. And, like, when they said Josie, when I first saw them on stage, I said, that's got to be Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, the ears. And I was like, that was, as soon as I saw the ears on her, when like, I, they walk yeah. in and like they're sitting there and she's got the ears, I'm like, that's fucking Josie and the Pussycats. And I'm like, are we and doing this? And then she's this? like, oh, we're the Pussycats. Are like, we doing like, this? She's like, don't say anything about ears. We're doing a branding thing or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, that's... I really <laughs> wouldn't force Sabrina until maybe like a season or two down the line. Cause... I don't know, man. Like, this, there's so much weirdness going but, on. In the, and like, can I just say that whoever decided uh, to incorporate the makeup advertising in and, this show... Yeah, that was good. Dude. That was good. I saw it's that. It's genius. It is. Yeah. It's cheese, 
but it's so genius. Her like they're talking it, about yeah. Cheryl, right? And they're like, Cheryl has a very bold lip and this, and they show her like getting all this makeup on. You see her transform into this, listen to what I say. And Don't like, fast forward they, through they, commercials. Dude, they, they, put the, they put the lipstick on her, right? And then they drop her red ass hair. Yeah. And it's like, you see the character just, I mean, oh, right, right, boom, right in, right right in yeah. front of you. And then they're like, boom. Maybelline. I'm like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. She was like, go online. Maybelline. How much you got? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just trying to find this. Uh, Can, uh, all right. Smart. <laughs> this is the mindless self-indulgence. Clarissa explains it all. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Explain this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, come on me, Ferguson. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody else from that show do anything uh, besides the dad was in that Pop Secret commercial a couple years ago where he was like the dad that went downstairs to make Pop Secret at midnight or whatever. Oh, like Calista explains it all? Yeah, yeah, it was the dad from that. Fucking Ferguson. All right, you go, uh, Ferguson? Moving on into other CW news, Supergirl Super this week. Uh, Supergirl this week touched on a lot of really cool issues. We uh, we brought back our, uh, what, what, what's her name? The White Martian? Yeah. Uh, uh, Magan. Magan, yes. Brought back Magan. Uh, John... Ended up having to share uh, his memories. He had to do the mind meld, And right? he said so it was like, right. Yeah. And he, he didn't want to do it at first. He's like, I will not give her my memories. Yep. And he said that before in prior episodes. Like, mm-hmm. he is not going to give her his daughter's smiles. Yep. He is not going to give her all these things. But then, it's towards the end, he's like, it. well, I mean, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, we can help out maybe a little bit. Sure, buddy. Yeah, Let's just go ahead know, and do it. Let's just go ahead and do it because you always do. But he needed to do it, which we found out that more Marsh- white Martians are coming yes for next episode um you know what i noticed though too that they that they didn't touch on is like when she went uh in the kevin smith episode the, the week uh, mm-hmm. before the dominators showed up they did they showed up yeah, for a brief did. second a and deal. now that might have been only just a little homage to That's the crossover like, yeah, probably but but never know. seeing them kind of was like oh my god they're gonna bring the dominators back yep. which i hope they do, they do i really yeah. do um, this you get to see uh, Monel kind of steps up yep. a little bit. They brought Livewire back. Uh, they brought Livewire back. She I don't like though right. how they're kind of making Monel out to be the Clarky Kent Superman, yeah. dude. I'm sorry, but it, he had that fucking vibe. This show, dude, he really did. Yeah. He had that like. I mean, all that was missing was the fucking brule cream fucking curl coming down <laughs> on his head. That was the only thing missing. Like, they were like, you're the new Clark Kent this episode. It, right. Dude, it was really it, thick. It, it's hard for With me to look, see. With the look, he had the glasses yeah, and the exactly. Come on. It's hard for me to see Monel because he's supposed to be Connor, which is supposed to be the clone of Superman. Right. And when we think of that, we think Young Justice. Right, and right. for the longest, he fought it. Like, he didn't want to be like Superman. Like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm my own guy, you know. And, you know, he's trying to embrace his powers. He's trying to do the good thing. But there's no talk, you know, with Superman with him, which... Separate the character if you want, but this is who this is supposed to be. You um, know, where is Superman? By the way, are they going to bring off him in back? Metropolis. I know, he's I'm off sure in he'll be back for the season. He's off banging Lois, yeah. doing Superman things. That's all he was he's concerned doing about. Superman I gotta go shit. bang Lois. He's a little you know? too busy for your shit. Banging Lois. <laughs> uh, the Flash. <laughs> yes, the Flash this week. 
Awesome. Um, or last week, sorry. Flash the Flash week. villain was hot. The she Flash was villain. Gorgeous, she sexy. was gorgeous. Cisco, you lucky son of a bitch. And Cisco <laughs> nails it down, dude. Like he's like Every time when she when, when he beats her, when he like that was the cool thing, is like they're like they actually <laughs> first off they, they they get into this thing where it's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna duel. All right. And then H.R. Wells, who I'm Almost positive that this version of H.R. Wells is nothing but a pseudonym name for the actual character who is J.D.'s brother from Scrubs. Because this H.R. Wells acts just like J.D.'s brother from Scrubs. I'm just saying. I think what happened is uh, Earth, whatever he's from, is, or something? Yeah, is yeah. the Scrubs universe. And right when... JD tells him that he doesn't oh, want him to be boy. any part of his life in Scrubs. <laughs> That's when he goes off and becomes H.R. Wells, <laughs> you know, writer uh, extraordinaire. Uh, I really hope that's, really hope that's true. Scrubs universe. It's Wells. not because they make up at the end of that episode of Scrubs. I only know because I watched Scrubs recently. But this, uh, you know, they 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 get into a battle. They and, and before that though, like H.R. Wells and and Barry are like, dude. Like he's gonna lose. Gonna we, need to, yeah, we, need to, we need to. We need to. We need to help this out. We need to try. Um, they try to, I guess, capture her or yep. stop her yep. or whatever, and fail miserably. If that yeah. doesn't now see this puts her on that scale. Think about this. She stopped Barry after Barry has beaten Eobard. <laughs> she threw him in one he hole. He beat Eobard. <laughs> he beat Zoom. And dark black flash and and the, or whatever yep. turned into black flash yep. and he beat that. Yep. Okay, now without even trying, she stopped his ass dead in his tracks and cuffed him. Yep. That's like how badass nothing, she yeah. is. And now they have to put uh, Cisco against her, which was a little unbelievable. It was very it was unbelievable. Completely. But you knew gonna you know he's quick. gonna win. All you need is that one that little, little window. That yeah. one little, little microsecond. Window, just a crack exactly of opportunity. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. To get in there and uh, get it done. I just say, <laughs> I love Julian. I love Julian's uh, uh, remark. I'm starting to like him a little Where more. he's like, yeah. where, when they're like, he won. And he's like, she must have had an off day. And then like, <laughs> and then they're all looking at him like, she's he's like, an asshole. He's like, people's Yeah, he's like, what? I like him, dude. I really like him. He has no filter, which is great because everybody else is all sensitive and loving. And then in comes this guy and he's like, well, you suck. And he's like, I'm British. And he's like, well, what's the problem? As people, we probably should be more like that. You're right. Less sensitive about Less sensitive. People will be getting fist fights left and right all the time. Uh, All right. We got, uh, uh, what do we got? Um, Legends. Legends of Tomorrow. Legion of Doom. Dude, can I just say the way yes. they started this episode was so badass. When they had, uh, it was um, the old, um, come on, you guys got to help me out here. What are you, what yeah, are you talking uh, about? At the beginning, that when, guy. when they were announcing, and there was, uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, Wait, I'll go ahead right? and look it all up. Wait, you yeah. Know? But uh, Mal- Mal- Malcolm Merlin? Yeah. Malcolm did the introductions. We're the yeah. Legion of Doom, and, you know, yeah. we're trying to do this. We're trying to get a hold of the Spear of Destiny. It yeah, wasn't yeah. the regular introduction. Oh, yeah, you're right, right, right. It was introducing them. everything. Yeah, that and was that cool. that shit was so awesome yeah. to me. And even the whole episode, it was more geared towards them. Towards, towards the bad guys. Right. I love that type uh, of shit. The fight scene Dude, between Malcolm oh Merlin God. and Damian Dark. So badass. Again, they Dude. didn't use, like, this goes to show 
when that guy Preach. who plays Damian Dark, Preach. when he when he does his own fight work, it's so much more believable and awesome yes. than using that fucking stupid shaped head stuff double or whoever the fuck they we use. We know you heard us talk about We that. know you That's hear why you us. did it. Just That's why saying, you did it. Thank you for fixing it. Thank we you for fixing it because shit. it was beautiful. And yes. Like I like I, I I love I love that Malcolm Merlin is in this. I love that Damian Dark is in I this. I love that they're they really the added, Legion of Doom. They're the Legion of Doom. <laughs> now they're teamed up with Eobard Thawne. Yes. They team up because they realize Eobard is turning them against each other. And now uh Rip Rip Hunter actually helps them realize that shit. <laughs> now they team up. And they actually help him because they realize that you need us, but we need you. They team up. They beat uh, the Black Flash, which was really cool to see Eobard Thawne scared. Yeah. That was a cool thing to see him actually. He was fucking scared, dude. He was scared. That was awesome. I love how they did that, too. Yes. Right up in his face. Don't move. Don't move. And he had to just kind of like, it was almost like that Jurassic Park moment where it's like, if you move, the T-Rex will see you and eat your ass. Like, there was that moment. It was it was. Absolutely beautiful. Yep. And Loved it actually it. had us, like, literally, like, we know what's going to happen, but yes. we're still on the on the edge of my seat, like, are you going to fucking move? Don't right. move. Don't do it. I know move. you want to. Dude, right when it was right it. in his face, yes. dude. Oh, I'm like, I'm like he's going to move. He's going to move. He's going to run. It's all going to be screwed. <laughs> so badass. Yeah, really, really good. Very good episode. Um, again, people, go watch it. We're not going to give you full recaps of it. Yeah, That's not what this show is. Uh, real fast, Arrow. Oh. Go ahead. Uh, I didn't watch this. This was the one I didn't get to watch before we did our show. I watched this, all of them but that one. This was the episode when they went to go find their new Black Canary. Okay. Um, okay. Which. Because last I saw, calling... Prometheus had her by the throat and was like, you know, you're going to listen to me. This is kind of shit did, that's going on. What happened and to her at the end of that episode? He was just holding her by the throat. Is that it? As far we as I just know. left her like that? As far as I know. I no, didn't see her. she came Did back. Did she show up? She yeah. showed up in the lair, right? Yeah, and yeah. then she ended up like in the cell or whatever. Was that this episode? And then Felicity let her go. Mm. Norm, Did I'm Felicity looking at you. let her go? Yeah, you're asking me. Yeah, um, I didn't uh, see it. I, did, I don't remember okay. the very end so, of the episode. Whatever. But we'll she, it. She, it was she a good episode. on Arrow's emotions because of the fact that she looks like Laurel. And mm-hmm. that made, you know, uh, Oliver be like, oh, well, I want to save you because he's still trying to make up for the still fact that, that exactly. you know. And yeah, And that was our ruined. episode before last week's episode when they went to go find their new black canary. And it's an then ex-cop. looked for her. Yeah, she's an ex-detective. She's an ex-detective. And she wanted to go back and basically avenge her partner getting killed. Because they were undercover and they were held hostage after they found out they were cops and tortured and and then her partner was killed. The particle accelerator went off. And she got her canary cry. And that's what made them really holy shit, we need to go after her. And there was a lot of ties back to our old Laurel and stuff that Laurel said that brought it back to holy shit, you're our new black canary and Everybody didn't want to believe it, and she showed back up at the end of the episode, so yeah. we'll see where it goes. Maybe she'll get a blonde wig, and we'll keep it moving. You know, and I'm in, man. I'm yeah. in, too. She was she was hot, too. She was yes. hot, and he approached her, and he's like, it. oh, join my team. And she's like, no, I'm good. Right. I'm on my own. <laughs> All right, that's they, enough uh, for CW, since we didn't really know how to fucking do Arrow well, there. I, I found out one yeah, we about Arrow, though. Hurry the fuck up. We got Power Ranger news again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're bringing back three villains, like, going old three school. Three more? 
runs. They're bringing back, well, they're bringing back White China, which you haven't been seen since like season two. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's the, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. bringing Cupid back. Again? Oh, really? Holy yeah. shit. Bringing, can stay away. Yeah, she did bad last time. And they're bringing back that corrupt cop from a couple season episodes ago. Okay. Um, and the three of them are teaming up to take down Team Arrow. I like these team-ups. Can- Never going to happen. <laughs> are we introducing another crossover expedition? Like, That'd we're bringing everybody together. We got the Legion of Doom. We got these bad guys here. Like, let's bring them well, everybody together. When you have a team of heroes, you got to take a team of villains to Let's down. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Call them the Legion of Doom. Let's go. I'm all about it. I love it. CW, you got my heart. <laughs> what's, this, uh, what's this Power Ranger news? All right, we're getting into some Power Ranger news. Hold yeah, on, we man. are. Fuck you, man. <laughs> we had a good episode. It's time to visit the juice bar for Power Ranger news. Yeah. On the Ninja Starship. What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> hell no. It's morphin' time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Is it just me or do I want to order a uh, mango <laughs> smoothie now? <laughs> uh, this was uh, Power Rangers uh, Ninja Steel Episode 3. Uh, just happened. Um, we got some really awesome things in this. We got Ninja Master Mode. Uh, you know what? I did a review. We got training gear. I did. I do a review there of this show every single week, right away on Power Rangers 365 on Facebook. So Is you know that what? Where we can find. That's it. where you can find it. So you know what? What I'm going to do for you guys? I'm just going to play the review video That's for you. Like Here we go. Let's go. Up, Power Rangers Ninja Steel Episode Three: Chainsaw Power Sword. <laughs> Need I say more? Chainsaw Power Sword. D- Oh my God! Yes, uh, this this episode again. Just every episode we've seen of the series just gets better and better and better and better. Uh, this was very. This was a very Brody uh, Calvin centered episode. Um, this is uh, you know I'm finding out more and more that I'm really liking Calvin. I'm thinking this is uh, this is probably the first time uh, that I, I I would say that the Yellow Ranger is my favorite Ranger, and uh, nothing to do with because most of them have usually been girls. But it's just that um you know he's you know he's he's the Nitro guy. He's like he likes the fast cars. He's you know he seems like he'd be the one that's like the metalhead of the group. Uh, that's why I connect with him. I like I like Calvin the best I think so far. Um, but uh, again, this was a very Brody Calvin centered episode, uh, and uh, not not depending on technology. Um, you know, uh, something that is uh, is a big issue. You know, with with youth nowadays. So again, here here goes Power Rangers uh, doing what they do best and uh, getting the message out to the kids. Uh, another thing we got this episode: Ninja Master Mode. Are you kidding me? The battle armor that came with that. Oh my god! Um, and pff, them training suits, though. Are you serious? I can't wait to see that at a con. I want I want to be a part of the cosplay team that does those training suits or the ninja master mode. Let's get in touch. That oh my god, that is some awesome stuff. Um, we got the ninja comms at the end of this episode, so now we, they actually have a way uh, you know to uh, to communicate with each other. Um, I like I like this idea. I like that it kind of came from the datacom itself. Uh, you know, the datacom didn't work, so they made it, and it didn't connect to the Warrior Dome anymore. Now they're not going to know who uh, Sal Galvin. Th- yes, this was a great episode. Uh, so now you know they're not going to get the heads up anymore uh, about what monsters were coming. I thought that was kind of cool, though. Um, let's see. Uh, 
This 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 episode opens up with Galvin X walking down the the hall with uh, Spinferno, you know, telling him, you know, you better get the Power Rangers, blah 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 blah. Um, and I thought he had some nice rollerblades, man. I uh, let's let's uh, get into Spinferno. Spinferno, the way he looked was pretty sweet, man. He had like uh, it looked like he had a bunch of wheels on his chest, and uh, you know, he was all super, you know, fiery and, and tuby, and and, and I, I really dug the design of him uh, as like a as almost like a speedster monster. Um, we open up this, uh, you know, Redbot is, is forging these element stars from the ninja steel itself, uh, where we get our first look at the training suits and them training suits, though, man. Wow. Uh, we get our elements of nature. This was almost like a Captain Planet moment where uh, we got fire, water, earth, the forest, and metal. Man, 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 metal ninja stars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Calvin tries to do a water attack, and it doesn't work at this point. Uh, and then it kind of, kind of, sort of works for him. Um, after the Rangers kind of see that, you get your first little funny moment where they're kind of like, oh, hey, guys, turns around, and Brody sees nobody's there. They're all like, screw this, we're done, we ain't doing this today. Uh... Brody's in high school, and, you know, this this brought up some questions to me. I was wondering, like, okay, how are they going to deal with this? Brody's been in space for the next, or the last ten years. Did they have, like, did his ninja training keep up with Earth studies? I mean, is he going to know stuff about this kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, how, how are they going to play with this? So that automatically started, you know, some things. And they they skip right over it, right off, and he goes and defeats a monster by himself. Uh, you know, he... he uh, he goes in and, and, and defeats Spinferno right away with, with help of his datacom. This is, again, he's showing dependence on his datacom, uh, leading up to the depending on technology theme of this episode. Um, he ends up uh, defeating him like it was nothing. Defeats him before breakfast, uh, goes to school, sits in school, and then he's, you know, he's cheating. He's, he's getting all the answers, and he's pissing his team off even more. Uh, they see that he's on, you know, over the internet. He's got over a million views, and they're like, you know, you did this without us, man. Like, this is supposed to be a team thing, and you went off on your own. And I, I, I get that, and I take that. Um, as a believable part of this episode, uh, because, you know, he's been in space for the last 10 years. He's been dependent on himself for the last 10 years. He, you know, he doesn't have, you know, he, he's learning this, this, this team thing. It's been like him and Redbot, you know what I'm saying? For the last 10 years up in space. So, I mean, the guys, he, this is a learning thing for him as well. Plus, he's also new. Um, as far as like uh you know some of the strategies that the datacom actually gave him uh I thought it was kind of cool you know it reminded me a little bit of uh Demolition Man I don't know if uh, you guys have seen that out there but Demolition Man uh Wesley Snipes is in the future and the cops try to arrest him and they don't deal with confrontation in the future so they ask this little datacom how to how to how to arrest the guy and it, it, it reminded me a lot of that cuz the datacom's like use chains oh use oh yeah use the water attack you know and that it kind of that whole water attack thing like really uh really sent me into like the pokemon dimension for a minute but that's that's for another video um Brody's cheating and uh you know Bro Brody gets caught cheating and then it really leads into the foreshadowing of of this episode you know of of the uh it really leads to the foreshadowing message of this you know of of the teamwork aspect and also the not depending on technology aspect uh Again, another excellent performance from my boy Vinny Vincent. Uh, picks up the datacom, wants to be more popular than the Power Rangers. He ends up succeeding in the end, so Vinny Vincent wins. Again, I love this guy. He's probably my favorite character outside of Calvin the Yellow Ranger. Um, that's my recap for this episode. Uh, 
Josh, the suits were awesome. Yes, they absolutely were. Uh, let me know what you guys thought in the comments of this episode, please. Power Ranger 365 fam. Let's get everybody. And we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed that review of Power Rangers it. Ninja Steel. Again, awesome. you can check this out every single Saturday, like five minutes after <laughs> the show airs. I do these videos on Power Rangers 365 on Facebook. Uh, also in Power Ranger news, I am extremely excited and honored to announce that I will be part of Dobasu Sentai Zuogre cosplay team at Power Morphicon 2018 as the Orange Bird Ranger. Yeah! Uh, I want to give an absolute huge shout out to Muscle Geek Physique, uh, Anthony Grillo and James Reese. Those guys and me have, uh, since they've been on the show, man, we've just been talking ever since. And you know uh-huh. what? We we started to, to, to get talking about Power Morphicon, and these guys are going to absolutely get me 100% uh, 100% shredded and sexy ranger fit (laughs) by Power Morphicon 2018 I will be spandex ready I'm just saying I'm not not about to be the fat orange ranger in the picture I'm just saying Uh, so again you know huge shout out to Muscle Geek Physique if you guys any of the ranger community any of the fans that are, are, are struggling with weight loss and are looking to really to really change their self for the better, get a hold of Muscle Geek Physique. These guys really, really know what they're doing. They care. And if you are in the Ranger community, you will not find a better place to change your life around. Believe me, your future self will thank you for Those it. Those guys are awesome. They are absolutely awesome. awesome. Do they have home workouts for people? Yes. I know yes. that's yes. a they huge will, They can train right you now. online. They, 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 I'm, doing, I'm doing things online. They're making me a complete meal plan. They're making me a complete workout plan. Awesome. All for my body type. Like They know exactly what they're doing. These guys are fantastic. Awesome. Absolutely fantastic. We're going to take a break. When we come back, mm-hmm. we're going to have a doctor in the studio, ladies oh. and gentlemen. A doctor who's not only a doctor, but a filmmaker who happened to make one of the most scariest horror movies that you are going to find in the metro Detroit area Ooh. called Needle Stick. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back on the Ninja Starship. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio, Dr. Steve Karaginis, the writer, producer, and director of Needle Stick. Welcome to the show, sir. Well, thanks welcome. for having me. I appreciate it. You know, this is, you're probably our most distinguished guest, at least learned <laughs> guest, because we've never had a doctor on the show. Right? Like, a dyed-in-the-wool doctor. What are, you, what, awesome. are you, what are you a doctor of? I'm the uh, medical director of sports medicine at St. Mary Mercy Hospital. Okay. Nice. And, uh, medical director. Yeah. So that's not just doctor. Yeah. You're a director. That's a, uh, He's like super it important. It sounds important. Yes. That's very important, yes. It sounds like you call him sick. A lot of people don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly as important as it sounds, that's for sure. But um, uh, but no, I, I focus on performing arts medicine. So I do okay. a lot of work with dancers and performers, musicians, okay. uh, some actors as well. In fact, I actually had to sew up three different actors on my own film. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. wow. We had sew cuts, wow. and it was just like, hey, I'm, uh, we have you know, all these props, which are the equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have lidocaine and everything there. I'm like, well, just uh, come in here, guys. I'll just handle it myself so I know because it'd be kind of embarrassing to have someone have a bad problem happen at the old DMC hospital <laughs> with a doctor directing it at the same time. Right. <laughs> there, was a, there was a time when Lance actually, Lance was doing his own stunt. Lance he, Hendrickson? Lance Hendrickson yeah. was uh, actually doing a stunt where all I wanted him to do was just fall out of frame. Yeah. Right? And he's 74 at this time. He's a tough guy. He did all his own no. stunts. He's very proud of that. <laughs> right, all right. Year, all these years. Um, there's a, a quick in the dead. He did his own flip off the horse and did these two, you know, shot, right, shot right. these things. 
So he's he loves doing that, right? But I'm like, okay, I don't want to have Lance Hedrickson break his hip on my set <laughs> yes. in a hospital. I want to be responsible with a doctor on the set, right? It just looks very, very bad. Um, and so I say, okay, Lance, you don't have to just duck out of the scene, just uh, frame. That's all I need. Action. Boom. Throws myself down on the ground. Cut. Oh my God, Lance, you okay? Are you okay? We- oh man, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's go. Let's go. Do it again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Let's, I guess. And so, okay, this time we're tighter. So don't, don't throw yourself down on the ground. Right. Action. Boom. Fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> don't. What I, I just say? I know. It's like, and then third, and then the third take was like right on his head, right in his face. I'm like, Lance, you know what to do. Action. Boom. All right. Cut. Okay. You're good. Right. Yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so it was great. That's he fantastic, was, man. And like the cool thing I really liked about this is that, that that was like the main draw for me to your movie is that you had Lance Hendrickson in this movie. Right. I'm like, dude, like I'm a huge fan of him ever since Terminator, Alien, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all into that. Um, I kind of want to pull back a little bit though, and I want to I want to know where this journey for you began. Like where did Needle Stick began? Like obviously this came from you. This is your brainchild. Right. Mm-hmm. So where were you when this? Came when this idea just came into your head. Well, I, I said, I guess you can go back. So, 2000, I come back to Detroit. I finished my fellowship with the Cleveland Indians and the Cleveland Clinic out there and, uh, and started working with the Detroit Tigers, Detroit Lions, all these teams in the city. I uh, became the director of the, sport, of the fellowship at Henry Ford. I wrote this textbook. I was a fellowship director. I achieved all my goals in my career at age 33, and I was absolutely miserable. And something was wrong with me. I was, I was, I was, I was distant with my family. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I just was a total jerk. Mm-hmm. Is that um, because you like dedicated yourself so much to the craft well, that you became distant? I, I think I, I locked myself into that path for mm-hmm. so long, and then I wasn't. And then when I got there, I thought I liked it. I thought this is why I was my goal was to be a, a big time sports doctor, and I realized that I was alienating other people, and I wasn't myself. I just didn't feel like myself, and so a couple of things happened. Number one, I got diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. I got put on medication for that, mm-hmm. and it was like the clouds parted. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, everything became so crystal clear to me. I realized. I'm not into this. I mean, I'm not, I'm in the, I like being a doctor and doing what I'm doing, but there's this performing arts type of thing in me that I don't know. So it's all started two weeks after that, where I went to second city and I started uh, taking, taking in Chicago, uh, Detroit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and they just restarted it. And so I started taking classes there. I figured, well, if they tell me I'm not funny and I'm not any good, I was leave. And so three and a half years later, I, st- I was there the whole time. And then, um, it got me the impetus to say, okay, I've always wanted to make short, make films. Um, and I think I can actually do this. So I actually cracked open my 401k and uh, pension and uh, had from Henry Ford when I moved from there and used that to buy some equipment, mm-hmm. some film equipment, and start teaching myself this stuff and um, go from there. And so I made a, uh, my first short film, American Piety, in 2007. I figured, okay, if this thing sucks, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I'll just quit. But I ended up screening in Cannes and Monaco and L.A. and what? New York and all these festivals. Wow. wow. Um, awesome. It was about a guy who um, basically was – he got hit by a car and goes to purgatory and has to get back to earth by choosing one of the three religions from Buddhism, Islam, and Christianity. <laughs> and the, that sounds awesome. Right. And we used it as – actually, the whole premise was a sketch for a second Sunday for our last show we did there. Uh-huh. Um, and then I turned that as premise into – my friend turned it into a, a sketch for the show. I turned it into a short film and launched me from there. So then 2008 – um, I knew I wanted to make a film, a feature film. And so I had this producer I met um, out in L.A. who was like, okay, so you want some advice on your film. So what's your dream project? Well, I had this idea. Great. That's awesome. Okay, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even give you right. a chance. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. So whatever you've got in your mind, just put it away. What you need to do is make a 90-minute film, small cast, one location, and have an interesting story and just show people what you can do. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, I think that, well, I mean, 
most easiest thing I can think of would be to put something together where you're kind of in a hospital. And then I started reading more about genomics, about all these different companies who were racing to try to decode the genome. Yeah. And all these companies were spending millions of dollars just to get to the – not only just to do it, but just to be the first one. Because if you're the first one, you have all this money you're going to be like getting from patents and genes that you can market to everybody. If you have a gene for the certain drug, pretty soon you'll be able to get your genes decoded and you'll be able to take a medication that's tailored to your genes. So no more trying out drugs, see how it works. Right, 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 right. right. This one works for you. Well, back yeah. in 2008, this was just all starting up. And so my thought – I started realizing, you know, what if there's some guy out there who like just – like just find something, decode something, and then decides, well, it's not really uh, healthy for for you to do that, but I can get really rich and famous if I do this all the way. And then someone dies, and then instead of just saying, okay, you're dead, um, I'm going to go ahead and go further and just keep on letting people die, but because a lot of folks will be, will be saved by this. And that was the whole idea of needle stick, is that a doctor who basically takes that slippery slope down the, the – uh, I guess the mountain of ethics, I guess you could say. You, mm-hmm. you, you try to be on top all the time, and people are always slipping off this mountain a little bit, you know, a little indiscretion here and there. Right, right. Oh, we don't know about this, but this is okay. Right. And, no, yeah, I know yeah, you guys, yeah. it's hard to, you know, We're most not folks. Cloning in here, people. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Because it's kind of scary because, I mean, right. you know, in this situation, you know, we have a character who's doing these, you know, it's a person who dies. And if we had more money, we could have shown the whole scene about someone who dies uh, by, you know, they're on the uh, operating table and, and the whole idea was that liquid nitrogen could pour down their heart. Mm-hmm. And the tissue was frozen in time, essentially, frozen instantly. And from there, you can extract the enzyme. What? That's that some Terminator 2 level stuff, man. That's beautiful. Well, they even crazier is that two years later, I'm watching the Colbert Report. Yeah. And then Stephen Colbert has a guy from the Dana-Farber Institute who's yeah. doing research and doing the exact same thing I wrote about in mice right now, where they're able to isolate an enzyme that can help repair your DNA. Help reverse aging. Dang. <laughs> and I was awesome. like, I call up my friend, like, oh my God, turn on the Colbert Report. Oh my right, God, right, right, right. doing my move. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Is that good for me or bad for me? I don't know. <laughs> Slow down. Just do it later after my movie comes out. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that was the whole idea. Then, I, then it's okay, how do I make this inter- you know, entertain? And then the other thing about the film I wanted to really you know, focus on was he- I wanted to have very strong female characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought that uh, every horror film I've ever seen before, a lot of the same tropes get used, and some folks can do it very, very well. Mm-hmm. But I was like listening to like a review on the on the movie Rings that just just came out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, oh my god, all it is is just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. And so like in, our, in my film, I wanted to avoid jump scares as much as possible and try to make as many scary moments as possible just from interactions and from the you know setting everything up properly. But then when we walked walked into the hospital to shoot the trailer, like our first trailer, two thousand eleven, the lights are off, mm-hmm. and I never realized I'd never been into a hospital before with lights off. Because there's three floors of the DMC that are to totally shut down. Yeah, that's a total different it, eerie feeling. It was terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the scariest. <laughs> there, hospitals are already terrifying. Yeah. Let alone make it dimly lit, dude. I'm out of there. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> the lights are like dead because, again, there's three floors that they weren't using. So the, remember that TV show, Detroit 187? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They, built, they built an ICU in there, and so they left it standing. Mm-hmm. And so we used that in our ICU scenes as well. Cool. And then, like, all this other equipment was left behind, so we got to use all this stuff. But when the light, the power's down, mm-hmm. holy crap. I mean, it's amazing how scary a hospital yes. looks. I yes. mean, I've never been in one because every hospital always worked and they're operating 24-7. We commented on that. When we were watching uh, so much of what we watched, we were like, that hospital is scary looking with how dimly lit it is. Like, So, so I, I understand right. what you're saying. Yeah. Right. That's a cool – that was a cool effect. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where like that's – I wanted to try to make it you know inclusive, kind of like a, you know, a little bit of like the idea of – Speed where you have like a, per, a, a mastermind watching things on cameras and trying to control things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a, a, you know, a situation where you're trying to escape a hospital, but with you know different clocks going at the clock of the you know discovering the bomb, the clock of the young girl, the dancer, 
Um, you know, my, my love for dance is a big reason why I wrote a dancer in there. Uh-huh. Um, but I also want to deal with other issues in healthcare, like how we treat suicidal patients. Yeah. And how yeah. you probably noticed in the movie that there's a lot of talk about the suicide intentions of this patient. Yeah. Very flippantly in front of her, around her, to each other. And I wanted to make that very, um, you know, kind of showing how the, you know, the healthcare system t- uh, tends to dehumanize uh, and detach themselves from the actual people who have these mental health issues, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Now, I mean, interesting now because the health, mental health issues are like ramping up, you know, badly. Uh, the the numbers of people who are um, depressed, anxious. I mean, I think a third of all oh, they've skyrocketed. Third of skyrocketed. all healthcare expenditures are, are third of all healthcare expenditures are spent on treating anxiety alone. Just mental health issues and uh, uh, just anxiety. Just anxiety period. for mental health care in this country. Yeah, just anxiety. Wow, it's skyrocketing. And one it, condition. One in um, one one in eleven adolescents um, of uh, contemplated suicide, and wow. um, one in five have, have anxiety. Wow. I mean, the numbers are just, you know, getting, you know, more and more stark every year. So right. I wanted to kind of show in that relation, you know, how, how low she was, but how she's treated too. Right. How like just, you know, she's not suicidal. She is right in front of her, you know? Yeah. And so I, I um, so I was trying to make as much, you know, make it as authentic as possible to, you know, the medical environment of how things go, but also heighten everything too, heighten, uh-huh. heighten each character, make sure every character has a very specific point of view. Very very important to me as well because that's what Second City taught me. Mm-hmm. You have five minute scenes and you got have you have to establish your point of view and who who what where we always talk about in, in improv and establish it right away off the bat. And so every scene was kind of written that way, especially in the beginning where you 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 see the smarmy lab assistant and the yeah. and the tough but uh, you know fragile inside, but the, you know the tough exterior nurse and the snotty resident and mm-hmm. the, you know and try to get that across right away because it really if you can't get that established right away then. You can't care about everybody or anybody in the film later on. Mm-hmm. I think um, j- just from watching this film, I mean, you can tell right away because, like, we, you know, we're not we're not strangers to independent film. Um, they're either good or they're one hundred percent not. You can tell usually within about five to ten minutes if you're going to sit down and watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something like when I started watching your movie. This was something that really kind of drew me in as far as like, okay, production value is very high in this. You have Lance Henriksen in this. I, I didn't even know that. Like when I saw the when I saw the poster, I'm like. That looks like Lance Henriksen. <laughs> I didn't know till I actually saw the, you know, right. in the movie. Then he showed up. I'm like, I love this already, just because I'm a huge fan of mm-hmm. him. Um, but as far as like just, just, just general first impression of this movie, production value is high. Everything sounds good. The the editing is done well. Um, you have actors that know how to act in this movie. I mean, these are all things that really matter in an independent movie, mm-hmm. whether you are going to make it. Or not. Right. Um, and the fact of knowing what to pull out, not wanting to put everything in there, being able to sacrifice mm-hmm. your own material. Mm-hmm. These are all things that we picked up on watching this movie. Right. Um, and we're, I'm, I only, I only was, I was only able to watch half of it because, like I was saying, I was having a, a great. Day, dude. We were falling asleep, and I'm like, I'm not going to fall asleep watching this movie. We're like, we're going to continue this. So tonight, we're going to finish it. Um, it's the finest compliment a director can be told. Yes, exactly. I, I didn't want to fall asleep, asleep during your movie. I didn't I want to. I did not want to. No, I really didn't. So good until I passed out. Man. I was fighting it. I was fighting it, but not not because of you, because of my own. But no, um, uh, I, I, what, what were some of the what were some of the experiences that, that you had on this movie as far as like s- stuff that you learned that you're going to carry into the next thing that you do as far as like dealing with the actors or 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 uh, uh, promoting and, and, and cost and, and things of that sort as far as like just from the from the indie filmmaker uh, perspective. Well, I think I think for sure the positives I took away from this. Like, well, first off, like just for, you have to be able to to adapt on the fly. Like we had our lead actor. Everett Bernard, the character, 
Um, Dr. Bernard, yeah. Yeah, he was actually casted by he was, someone else was going to play him mm-hmm. who's Canadian, mm-hmm. and he screwed up on his visa. Oh. And he could not get – it's kind of funny to think about – oh, I was just thinking about like all the immigration problems right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2012, you know, it was December 2012, and this guy couldn't get into uh, America to work. And we were a SAG film, uh-huh. and we're also with the incentive in Michigan at the time. So um, it was Friday when I found this out, Friday night, 6.30 p.m., and we were going to be shooting Tuesday. Mm-hmm. He shoots every day. There's like no way to shoot around him. Right, right. So we're like, oh my God, we're screwed. Oh my God, we're screwed. We are totally screwed. We have, as a lead actor, we have no lead actor now. Right, all right, this right. work, all this time, and I'm here now without a lead actor. And I'm like, I can't play it either. I can't, there's nobody, oh, I can't play anybody this good. You know, it's a, a very important part. So my producer, Dwan Fox, who is in LA now for like the last 12 years, but he's been, uh, he's from Detroit. His dad worked for Coleman Young, and uh, he grew up in Detroit in Palmer Park. And, um, and so he knows a couple actors and he talked to one of them who volunteered to come like Michael trainer. Um, and he had to sell him, look, do you want to come on a day's notice to Detroit for three weeks in December where it's freaking cold Yes, and do a hor- <laughs> uh, independent horror film for a, you know, SAG ultra low budget scale. And uh, we, we gave him more money than that, especially because of the fact that he came in, mm-hmm. but still it was very low money. And he came in the day before and he first day, just started running. I mean, it was amazing how good he was mm-hmm. right off the bat. Like I, the, the direction I had to give him just a little bit here and there. And the, he was just on his way. I mean, it was amazing to see him turn on. He, he was so good in the role that people, he has birthday in the middle of the whole set, in the middle of the whole shoot. And everybody's saying happy birthday, dear ever. I mean, Oh, Michael, sorry. <laughs> and he has embodied it so well. And so he saved, Michael saved the film. And I can't say enough great things about him because, and then when we saw him in The Walking Dead as Nicholas yeah, two yeah, years yeah. later, uh, three, three years later, and we're all having a heart attack. Like, oh my God, he's on Walking Dead. <laughs> oh my God, he killed Glenn. Oh my God, he killed Glenn. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Part, part of the it's okay. Sorry. Or did he, right? Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, he deserves that kind of recognition because he did, you know, he, he, he took that, that role and ran with it, and he gave the script down so quickly in his head. So that was great. Um, being able to handle that and, like, not have a heart attack before a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the day before, he's in town. That's when I'm like, okay, I have a lead actor now. I can relax for a split second. So um, as far as, like, what I'm going to do, the, you know, the, the things I need to, you know, work on, I mean, everything. I mean, every— Well, it's always a learning thing. Always. Right. I mean, there's yeah. so many things to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the fact that we were able to— um, I have very good commentary from producers and friends— who were, and we cut out nine separate scenes, either mm-hmm. parts of scenes or all or whole scenes, and they're on the DVD, Blu-ray. But because I, I looked at them, like we have nine whole like segments here that we can put on there because we cut them all out because we wanted to make sure it was tight and uh, and, and get the best material forward, mm-hmm. you know, best material out there for all the actors because they act, the actors really busted their butt mm-hmm. and they really worked hard to try to get this thing um, as good as possible. And Lance was really very um, complimentary. He did a podcast week after this whole thing. He said it's one of some of the best work he's ever done. He thinks. And okay. it was amazing to hear that because he he was so method on this too. Yeah, he um he didn't he didn't let himself sleep for those last three days because as he gets into the, as he gets more and more into the film with more the medication, fatigued, he takes, yeah. he's like all getting kind of crazier and sweaty and all that stuff. That's all him. He did all that. It's he made himself. Man. I mean, it's amazing. He just was wow. so dick. He loved it and he wanted to do as good of a job as possible. And that came through everything. He was one of the best actors I could ever work with. Um, and that was a wonderful thing. So my key, my thing, I think my key for the future is to keep on getting good actors. Yeah. And, um, and making sure that, you know, you give them, I always tell them, you know, especially with the improv, improv background I have, um, to give them the sandbox to play in essentially and give them guidance 
but make, you know, give them all the tools, give them all the things to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Noseworthy, who played Boris, mm-hmm. um, he's, he, had, he, called, he had a couple questions on his role, and for four hours, he went over every single line on the phone with me. Every single moment in the film to understand, so he can understand fully what I wanted what he, and what his ideas were. And the whole time, I'm like, yes! Oh my God, this guy wants to read my dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Lance and Harry together, I was like, oh my God, it's, command, it's Commander it. Locke yeah, and Bishop. seeing it. <laughs> seeing my dialogue. <laughs> Oh my god! It's yeah. like it, 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 nerdgasm. I know. <laughs> I had to change my pants twice that set. Oh my god! That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was very, very cool. They, and Larry, Harry Lennox, I met because um, I won a, I won a documentary award uh, film festival. He was there. Mm-hmm. I talked to him, and he actually was. He's six four, and he's intimidating. And he talks casually, just like Barack Obama. Yeah. And so I asked him with about, a lot of. Pauses and, and, <laughs> and very, very thoughtful, um, yeah. very, very, very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And he is very, he's very intelligent. But the thing is, um, I asked him, so when are you going to be cast as Barack Obama for the biopic? <laughs> he's like, uh, probably a cold day in hell. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? And he was like, yeah, I know him from Chicago. Mm. And um, so I have different views. Gotcha. Like, oh, and that was it. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Moving yeah, on. Right on. So, <laughs> like, wow. It's, but, yeah, but he's, um, you know, he, you know, just those two days he worked with us, again, the level of professionalism was important for us. Yeah, I bet, man. Yeah. So, um, where, where did you kind of, like, because, I mean, you're a doctor. You don't really hear too many doctors dabbling into filmmaking. Right. So, I mean, where, I mean, how did, how did that kind of, were you always kind of a creative person, or did you just decide one day, you're like, I'm a doctor. I can fucking make a movie. Well, I, th- I mean, I was I was in third grade when I said I wanted to be a doctor, and I okay. kind of rode that track all the way through. And okay. so I'm not upset about that or, or sad about that. But when I was like 10 or 11, I made a short film on one of those Super 8 cameras. Mm-hmm. And the great thing uh, about the film is that we, my friend, still found it, found the footage, and uh, we he digitalized it, and we showed it at the screening we had here in Detroit. <laughs> and some 11 year old found nice. footage film. <laughs> it was so awesome. It was like running you know, Spielberg and like JJ Abrams have all the little films. <laughs> yes, yes. And they always, you know, have a clip this show. And it was like we had like we had this moment where like a superhero flies down, and grabs this guy by the head, and we cut close up. We made a paper paper mache head with bags of jelly in it. Yeah. And we had the jelly stacked, you know, put in there. So we cracked the head and, yeah. and then squeeze all the jelly through the eyeball sockets. Yes. Nice. Right? And then and then you know, and there's a surreal thing was, you know, and we had nunchucks too out of nowhere, and so it's back <laughs> bashing the skull to pieces, right? On our film. But then these other parts were like all these camera angles that I shot. I, I shot the whole thing, and I was just like looking at it like, wow, I had like the, I, that's a good the camera angle. Like, what? Yeah, Trying yeah, to yeah. That. Oh my god, I was ten. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you know, but um, but it was very cool. It was it was very cool to see that. But I had that inside me the whole time. That's when I finally got treated for ADHD. Yeah, and uh, I thought that would be like, well, I guess I won't have to worry about that anymore. But then it opened me up to be able to be creative. Right, and uh, that's why I started exploring that. I realized I have to do something. I got to explore this. I got to see. If this part of me is real, is real or not, and so when I started exploring it, I realized that you know there's something there that I can you know do, and I can I understand this, I get it, you know I'm right. I, I can understand how to direct because with uh, as being a doctor, every day you're dealing with patients, you're directing things, you're directing the nurse and the assistants and the radiology staff, and you're doing all these different things all the time. There's a lot of similarities in running these things, right, and handling people too. So it's um it's a pretty important thing I think a, a skill set to be able to you know handle actors, handle people, have acting experience. But not let your ego get in the way of, I guess I think, of the performance that they're trying to give. Right. Because they have to be, they, you know, they put a lot out there and the things they do. Uh, and they're vulnerable at that point. Oh, too, very man. much so. I mean, Alara Siri plays uh, Ginny. 
and she's crying, bawling, and she's you know she had to go to a really dark place in her side yeah, to, man. to get all those tears out like that, and she just was full faucet on. And you know, I was talking to her a lot before and afterwards, and she was you know amazing, you know. But I don't think it would have been that easy if we have a very hostile environment for her, right? And so right. I really wanted to make sure that uh, you know that meant a lot to me is being able to do all that. But really, I think I think once I you know the, the happiest I think I've ever been in the last you know bunch of years outside my you know my kids being born and wedding day was being on set. I mean, it's just a, an amazing. I felt like I belong. You know, I feel right. like I'm like I'm doing something that I really feel connected with. I mean, right. I'd be the greatest that creative director. outlet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd be the greatest director or anything like that. But it was just amazing to feel so good with that. You know, and you know, over the years, lots of little things happened. You know, I was in my residency in Chicago and I helped. I helped direct a scene of that the indie film. The, the director was also the star, and she was shooting in our hospital. It had a closed part, and. You know, I, I I had a knack for it, and so I just I so I've been studying hard. I think the biggest thing I could tell anybody doing this is you got to study, you got to know your stuff. Mm-hmm. Because there's one moment we were talking, all the actors were talking about a scene, and I was letting them do some improv on it, and then they started getting perceived like, okay, we could change the scene this way, and all of a sudden it just started like, like wildfire, like, okay, let's do this and do this, and, this. and then finally I had to get in there and say, whoa, 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 stop, okay, um, the scene is not that bad right now as it is, so right. we can make some small adjustments, but we're not changing the path of it. Right, and so I'll go ahead and you know, so you have to kind of re- rein things back in, but you can't be overly like, no, read every single word, <laughs> or and but you also can't like improvise too much because the glance was improvising a lot of things. Yeah, and then and we try to take away the dialogue. Well, I mean, some of the stuff was good. It's just that if you have every single take different, mm-hmm. then you can't edit it together. Yeah, because so right, we had, right, right. We had some challenges. <laughs> Even like simple things, simple things like some scenes where he takes his glasses off and sometimes he doesn't. Right. So then, like, okay, cut to this. Whole, oh shit! These I see guys his glasses, glasses on. on. Damn yep. it! Yep. You took them off before, you know. So now, but see, Hollywood gets away with that stuff all the time. All the time. Even in what we just talked about, Terminator 2. Yeah. When, uh, you, you remember in Terminator 2 mm-hmm. when, uh, the, the semi comes over the viaduct mm-hmm. chasing John Connor? Right. When the semi lands, the windows fall out. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that till just recently because I'm like, wait a minute. T1000 knocks the windows out later on in the movie. As soon as I saw it, then they're magically back in. Right. You don't pick up on that right. unless you've watched this movie a hundred exactly. million times. You know yeah, that's I mean? a good exactly. thing. That, that, that's the, ch- the chance you can take is that you have, uh, you know, p- people will pick up on it after they already paid the money to watch it. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. Right. Right. So, as long as they've paid, <laughs> it, 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 stops <laughs> good. If it stops them from seeing it. Then it's like, oh, okay. Good stuff. Uh, Dr. Steve, Carrot, please. Where can people find this movie? Where Where is your social media? Where can people uh, find uh, find find your uh, your movie and and and, and promote your where stuff? Where are you going to be advertising it? Also, well, we're going we're going everywhere we can to uh, online to get the word out for this. It's coming yeah. out February twenty first. It's going to be in Family Video to rent, right. um, and then it's going to be on DVD and Blu ray through uh, Amazon. And then it's going to be streaming uh, iTunes and Vudu, and then also on, on uh, various cable channels, um, uh, Cox, Wow, uh, Dish, to be on, on demand as well. So um, it's it, Needlestick Film is the Twitter handle, and NeedlestickTheMovie.com. NeedlestickTheMovie.com is the website. Okay, very cool. Ladies and gentlemen, awesome, this yeah. has been episode 82. We had a doctor on the show. We We've actually accomplished something. Holy shit. <laughs> what? Check out Needlestick. Uh, one more time. Give the website. Needlestickthemovie.com. Needlestickthemovie.com. There you go. Lance Hendrickson, medical horror. This is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, do we have any other announcements before we get out of here? Will, you got anything? 
Legion the Podcast coming Le- up. Thank you very much, what? Brian. I apologize. Legion the Podcast coming yeah. up. Uh, Legion premieres on FX, I believe. This week? Wednesday night. Wednesday yes. night. This Wednesday. Uh, shortly after that, you will get our first official episode number one of Legion the Podcast recapping FX's new show, Legion. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, Say thank it. you very much. That's a fucking, a fucking show. Thank you for listening to the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight, your source for the best and weirdest highlights in pop culture, sports, entertainment, and America. Visit ninjastarpod.com to email the show. Ninja Starpod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Available on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast listening app. If you listen on iTunes, make sure to click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to leave an iTunes review because we love hearing from you. Yes, all of you. This show is a proud member of the Podcast Detroit Network, the Points of Interest Podcast Network, the Wicked Radio Network, and the Tangent Bound Network. All episodes are sponsored by the Falling Down Beer Company, Source Point Press, and TMNT Box. Go to ninjastarpod.com for more information on killer deals from our sponsors.